What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Passing Downs Podcast. I'm your host, Rahul, and I'm here with my co-host, PD. PD, say what's up. What's up? And we're coming back today with another QB Room episode, and this is where things are starting to get spicy. I've been talking in the last couple intros about these episodes where we're getting into the, I guess, upper echelon of quarterbacks, at least in our opinion. Uh, quarterbacks we feel like deserve a full episode or I guess I should say QB rooms that uh, deserve a full episode. And today we're going to be going into the Dolphins one. Uh, we just did a full QB room episode on one person just in our last episode. Go check that out if you haven't already. Check out the other episodes as well. We've got a whole load of them because we went all the way from the worst quarterback room coming all the way to the top. And now we're getting to, like I said, the good ones. Uh, but with that being said, I think we get jump right into the Dolphins room, which obviously the starting quarterback is Tua, and we'll get into his game. All right, so let's talk about Tua's strengths and weaknesses as a player before we get into his 2022 seasons. So Tua, obviously, notoriously not a strong arm, doesn't have the ability to push the ball down the field even. Um, you might see some guys who don't have the strongest arms still be able to get the ball all the way down the field, but even he... He even lacks that in terms of arm strength and in terms of actually getting zip all the ball over the middle, it's pretty poor as well. Um, and then he is not the biggest. Um, he's both 6'1", uh, 217, so he's not really like the most built guy. Um, but those are kind of where his weaknesses end um, as a player because everything else I think is really, really good stuff. Um, he has the ability to put the ball in – kind of wherever he wants to, especially in the intermediate middle area of the field. Um, exceptionally accurate, really fluid mechanically. Um, he has exceptional flexibility as a player, both with his arm um, and like moving around in the pocket. He's able to dodge defenders, stay out of trouble um, in terms of getting sacked in that way really, really well. Um, and he throws with exceptional anticipation, really, really... Um, has confidence pulling the trigger on some of these passes, maybe a little too much confidence as we'll get into um, with some of these games. Um, And he has a lot of trust in his receivers to win um, on a bunch of routes, uh, which can be both good and a bad thing. But I think for the most part, when he's surrounded by a strong supporting cast, he is maybe one of the best ceiling raisers in the league. He's able to take a good supporting cast like the one he had in Miami last year um, and elevate it to a really, really great offense. Um, so that's kind of the strength of him as a player. And obviously, I have a liking for those types of players. Um, it's just the health that's knocking him down to the spot that we have him ranked as. Yeah, I like a lot of what you said, especially the last part where, one, the health, and two, I also agree that he's probably one of the best ceiling raisers in the entire league. I mean, we saw last year the Dolphins decided to build a whole team around him. And in his early years, he really didn't have that. And we saw last year when they brought in guys like Tyreek Hill. We saw Jalen Waddle have a huge jump. Mike McDaniel obviously gave him the one of the best systems that he could work with possible I feel like that really helped his game and coming into the year if you look at some of the episodes where we talk about Tua I really was not the biggest fan of his I'm not a big fan of quarterbacks like him who I think at this point with all the injuries he's had at whatnot he went from someone with really I'd say elite athleticism in college to now he's average to maybe even slightly below obviously the arm talent even with PD what PD mentioned it's obviously a huge issue, a huge downside to his game. 
but he genuinely came out last year and highly surprised me because when he was on before that first injury happened, he was playing at a borderline damn near M- MVP level. And it was because his accuracy is one of the best in the league. Like you mentioned with his anticipation, it's also one of the best in the league. I just think he's a very fundamentally sound quarterback. And with, even despite all of his negatives in other aspects of his game, whatever you want to mention, when he's so good fundamentally, he's able to, I guess, play in a system to a T and maximize his receiver's abilities. I think he's in a perfect role with guys like Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, who he can hit on target in space because he has great feel for the game. He does a great job of throwing guys open or finding them at the right time to where they can do their thing and break tackles in open space. And that's why you just saw the uh, Dolphins last year get so many big chunk plays, get so many plays where they, it seemed like there wasn't much going on because they were just throwing it short because obviously Tua has some downsides going deep in the field, but ends up becoming a big play because they're executing it so well. So I agree that when you put Tua in the right system, he can really, really succeed. Uh, but I will dive a little bit more into the injury concerns. I think when you're a quarterback of his caliber where you're obviously not the most athletic, you don't necessarily have a single physical trait that sets you apart from other quarterbacks when you consistently get injured time and time again i think that's just gonna slowly and slowly deteriorate deteriorate your game more than with other quarterbacks i think when you have someone like him where breaking down defenses and really breaking down the defense and knowing exactly what they're doing i feel like that's a huge part of Tua's game but when you have like four concussions like he had last year, I think that's going to be a huge detriment to his game long-term because as much as you can recover from concussions, slowly that adds up and his processing speed is going to get a little bit lower. He even may play a little bit more careful because that's always going to be in the back of his mind. And I think that's going to be an issue as well as all the other injuries he's had. As I mentioned, since college, he's got been had injuries here and there, whether it's his leg, his arm, all over the place, really. And, yeah, when he's a little bit starting to get to the point where he's not athletic anyways, that's only going to hurt his game more. But I do hope these health concerns kind of, I don't know, push away or don't uh, become a detriment too much because as much as I don't like Tua as a player, I obviously want him to succeed. He's a great guy. And hopefully this whole health issue can kind of get pushed over but it's definitely a concern that we need to look at yeah so kind of um tying off of that and then um spinning into uh, his games last year so i i think um in 2021 when um the offensive line was absolutely horrendous and waddle was the only real talent at wide receiver uh tua got a reputation as like kind of a checkdown guy i i really really cannot stress enough that tua is not a checkdown guy um tua is Mm-hmm. A lot closer to the mold of, uh, man, um, a lot closer to the mold of Jimmy Garoppolo, where he's extremely aggressive. That sounds a little um, contradictory, but um, if you listen to what we said about Jimmy Garoppolo on the the other episode, you'll understand the opinion there. Um, but he really likes to push the ball into tight windows, um, sometimes to his detriment, and puts a lot of trust into his receivers um, to win. And you were talking about something with the processing speed. And for him, I think he's a lot of like kind of I see an advantage and I, and I really want to take it rather than 
working all the way through his progression and finding the very best advantage possible. Like maybe we talk about with like a Justin Herbert or something like that. Um, he's much more in line of very aggressive, see something that's kind of open and use his ball placement and uh, anticipation to kind of throw it open. That's the kind of player that um, I think he is. If you have any disagreements there, um, you can talk about him or we can move on to week one game. Yeah. So one thing I will second for sure, I absolutely agree that he's not the check down type of player that, for I guess that's the I was gonna say for some reason, but I guess that twenty twenty one season reason season is the reason why he's kind of got that sort of label. But I absolutely agree, he's definitely not a checkdown sort of guy. If anything, last year we saw him be one of the few quarterbacks in the league who was throwing it all over the field, and I do think part of it is because he's got the personnel to do it. I mean, when you have a guy like Tyreek Hill who can catch it deep, catch it intermediate, catch it short. He can do anything on a football field. And I think Jalen Waddle is damn near there as well. Uh, when you have two top 10 receivers like that or roughly in that range, you're going to be able to do a lot on all facets of the football field. And I think Tua did take advantage of that last year. Uh, the one place where I disagree, and I do think a big part of Tua's game is what you said, where he finds an advantage very early in the play and kind of makes a decision quick on who he's going to go to. And his ball placement's so good that he can kind of throw them open and get it to where he wants. But I think even that is something that comes into his processing speed, even though he processes defenses differently than, like, a Justin Herbert, like you said. I think it's important for his, like, to have such sharp, quick decision-making that he has now. And I think when you have so many concussions to the head, that's just naturally going to slow down. And that's something we don't know if it's going to affect him long-term. I feel as though it affected him within this season. And that's why I pointed that out as something to look at, because I think even within just last year, where obviously he was playing some games where he was still, you know, not fully there mentally. uh, Clearly that was an issue with the Dolphins organization last year. I'm not really sure why they had him in some of those games, but there were a lot of games, especially towards the end of the year, where I felt like his processing dropped a bit because of how many hits to the head he took. And that's just a little bit of a concern for me, and I'm hoping that doesn't really continue. All right, so let's get into his season from last year, starting with his yep. Week 1 game against New England. Um, and this one, I think the box score is lying a little bit um, positively for Tua. So the explosive plays that he gen- did generate um, – Long touchdown to Jalen Waddle, jump ball to Tyreek Hill, where that's like borderline turnover the play stuff, and Tyreek Hill just snatches it away from the defender. Um, Two also has a fumble that he wasn't really punished for. So I think that um, he wasn't very good in this game, but um, he made a couple of plays here and there to, that made it like below average instead of like truly bad. Um, so yeah, that's how I thought he played the first game. Yeah, I'm actually surprised because I thought you would be higher on this game because I feel a very similar way about this one. I think this was kind of a feel-out game for Tua, so that's why I'm not going to harp too much on the downsides of this game uh, because this was a completely new offense for him, which a lot of new moving pieces, I believe. Both Mostert and Chase Edmonds were new for them. Obviously, Tyreek Hill was a huge piece that they just added. Uh, He was kind of getting things going with the new team, and it seemed like chemistry was a little off. It just seemed like overall when Atua, a guy who has very high feel for the game, his feel for the game didn't look as good in this one, which is pretty typical in week one. But 
things I didn't like for him is he's obviously a very smart quarterback, someone who's very good in the pocket. I feel like him taking three sacks and being under pressure as much as he was, I think Bill Belichick's kind of defensive game plan rattled him a little bit, and that's a bit of an issue. That's not something he can get going. I think another problem with him in this game is he wasn't attacking as much in the intermediate part of the field. Uh, I do agree that he was good going deep. He had that one connection with Waddle, which was crazy, as well as a couple with Tyreek. But I feel like, and something he did as the season goes on, uh, attacking that middle range of the field is going to be huge for a guy like Tua, who can't consistently go deep, can't consistently just make pl- massive plays out of thin air. And that's something he didn't do here. He does correct it later. So I'm, again, not going to harp on it too much. But overall, just a decent game to slightly below average for me. He didn't make any throws that wowed me, but he was still very, very much accurate. Uh, I just don't think he did anything over the top to make his team win. He kind of was in a game manager in this game, in this regard. And I feel like a lot of people call him a game manager overall. I think me and PD both mentioned we don't really think he's that sort of player. But I do think in this game, he was very game manager-like. All right, moving on to the next one against Baltimore. This was a wild, wild game, probably one of the best of the year. Um, And it started off really cold for two, putting the ball in harm's way for two turnover-worthy plays. Um, but from that point on, this was an absolute fireworks show. Downfield shot after downfield shot, making incredible plays inside, outside the pocket um, towards the end of the game where he finds Waddle for the touchdown. Incredible play where he makes guys miss and throws a dime to Waddle for the game-winning touchdown. Um, this was an incredible display of quarterbacking. Um, and the, the two turnover-worthy plays early in the game were kind of the only thing that holds it back from being super elite, in my opinion. Yeah, this game really, really put the league on notice about Tua because for the longest time, up till this game, I'd say, that whole narrative about Tua not going downfield, being a turnover merchant or whatever the case may be, was really, it was really circulating. And I feel like that first week one game didn't really shut people up, even though the Dolphins won that game. I think people expected that. He didn't do too much to, you know, wow people, so... They weren't really on board with the Tua train. And I think this one was where the peak of the Tua hype started because he was absolutely incredible in this one. And not only was he that, he was incredible after starting off slow. And I said this in our last episode, and I'll say it again with Tua. Tua's the type of guy to where he will have mistakes here and there. But one thing that in his previous years that kind of ruined how he played in games overall is he wasn't able to make mistakes and mentally come back from it and still put up an incredible performance. And in this game, he did exactly that. Two uh, interceptions early, which I thought both were very much his fault, definitely hold his game back. And a very, very quiet first half where Baltimore pretty much was dominating. But then Tua comes out in the second half, and especially that fourth quarter, and absolutely lights up this Ravens defense. Just deep shot left and right. Tyreek Hill was going crazy. Jalen Waddle was going crazy. There's like multiple 60-yard touchdown passes. And this was another game where he didn't really attack the game in the middle of the field. But honestly, in this one, it doesn't matter. When you throw for 470 yards, uh, it doesn't really matter if you're not in, uh, attacking the middle of the field because he was just able to go deep left and right. 
And I feel like he didn't even have to go in his bag of weapons because Tyreek Will and Jad- Hill and Jalen Waddle were just open so much. And not only was he doing that, he was doing it very, very efficiently too. He wasn't really throwing the ball all over the place. His accuracy was quite good. I feel like his ball placement was quite good as well for most of it. And I don't even think they were just open all day either. The Ravens defense this year was very good. Their secondary good, especially. I feel like Tua was just putting the ball in the perfect place. Hill and Waddle were just outrunning guys, and Tua was just dropping it in the breadbasket right for them. So, yeah, I also agree. Incredible quarterbacking performance. And this game really put people on notice. Tua really put people on notice with this game. All right, moving on to the next one against the Bills. So Tua leaves this one with a in, with an injury, uh, gets concussed, and comes back. Um, he makes a couple of incredible throws. Um, the one I wanted to highlight was this incredible post on fourth down to Jalen Waddle. Just drops it in the bucket, throws it really early. Um, just one of those deep throws that I was like complaining about it early on, and he just puts it absolutely on the money in stride on a critical fourth down. Um, besides that, he does put the ball in harm's way for a dropped interception early on in the game. Pretty bad one, too. Um, but yeah, the rest of the game, really clean, very aggressive, and makes a couple of spectacular throws that makes this game uh, pretty good to me. I think I was a little bit harsher on this game. And one thing I will keep in mind in the back of my head was that injury, obviously, that obvious, clearly like discombobulated him. And he wasn't as good as he would have been had that injury not happened. But I feel like the issue in this game was was his aggressiveness. Uh, as good as he was in, like, short parts of the field, and he was very accurate once again, still had elite anticipation. Buffalo was trying to put a lot of pressure on him, and he didn't let that rattle his mechanics. So from that standpoint, he was very, very good. But I think when you come off the back of a performance like the previous week where you're able to just attack downfield as effectively as his, he was, or for me, more importantly, attack that intermediate range of the field as effectively as he was, when you come into this week and do not really that, kind of be a little bit more conservative, kind of play into that mold that people were saying Tua is, where he's a little bit more conservative, checking the ball down. I think when that happens, I have an issue with Tua because when Tua becomes that quarterback, I don't think he's going to be very good, very successful. And I think that's why the offense wasn't as successful overall in this one. There were a lot more three and outs in this one. And obviously they were playing a better defense in the Bills. But still, I think in fair weather and nothing really, no other really circumstances holding them back from being aggressive, I don't see why Tua wasn't that. And for that reason, it's going to be an average performance because he still didn't make any mistakes. when he What he was asked to do, he did it well. It's just he didn't take the team over the top. And when we want Tua to be a ceiling raiser, if he's not doing that, I'm just going to call it a solid to average performance. All right, moving on to the next one. So Tua leaves this game with a pretty scary concussion, um, only plays a little bit into the second quarter. Puts the ball in harm's way a couple of times before he leaves. And makes a couple of nice throws. Um, very aggressive, pushing the ball down the field. Um, but yeah, injury cuts this one short again. And um, yeah, I can only go for a solid performance in this one. Nothing more. Yeah, this game, I don't even know how I'm going to judge it for real because this was the game where Tua had a very scary injury and he was carted off. And before 
really he didn't get to do too much. I feel like it wasn't enough game film for me to truly judge him on this. And normally when quarterbacks have this small amount, I do say that. But in the time he was playing, he was relatively accurate. I do think he was less accurate than he normally was. I think this was a pretty big primetime game, and he came out with a little bit of nerves, or maybe it was still that head injury kind of circulating because obviously, as we know now, he clearly wasn't ready to come back, and I feel like his accuracy, his anticipation was just a little bit off, and that made his overall just game a little bit off. That play that he had with, with the interception, I feel like that was very uncharacteristic unchar- for Tua. He put that in harm's way much more than he normally would uh but in the few passes he did make uh there were a couple of good ones like pd mentioned a couple of tight window throws uh but overall he just didn't play enough for me to truly make a judgment on this game all right so Tua doesn't play again until week seven against pittsburgh this one was like this one was a pretty bad performance to me um he made a couple of nice intermediate throws but Puts the ball in harm's way for dropped interceptions three times. Um, also has a bad fumble. Um, just just really like uncharacteristically bad performance where he's not generating explosives down the field. It's just occasional intermediate stuff. And yeah, really putting the ball in harm's way a lot. Um, so yeah, I don't know what's going on with him coming back from the concussion early and stuff like that. But uh, if there was some game to point to, it, it would probably be this one. Yes, and I think you were almost about to say it, but quite didn't say it. But I'll say I think Tua was awful in this game. I was not a huge fan of his return performance. And I almost feel bad being so harsh on it because, I, I like PD said, we don't completely know what happened with him returning with the concussion or if he was 100% or not. But from what I saw on the field, he was not good. Uh, his accuracy dropped by a considerable amount, and that's not just statistically, just while watching the game, you saw him miss way more throws than he normally would. It was super uncharacteristic of Tua. It seemed like his anticipation was completely out of whack. Uh, His mechanics still seemed to be there. He was just missing people left and right. And I think once again, he came back not as aggressive as he should have been with guys like Tua and, or sorry, Tyreek and Waddle against the Steelers defense, which was good in the front seven, but their back half could have been, was a little shaky last year. I think they could have attacked them more. He wasn't going nearly enough to guys like Waddle and pretty much everyone else other than Tyreek Hill. And when he was trying to go to Tyreek Hill, he was missing a lot. I feel like a lot of his guys were getting targeted more than they were catching the ball because of him. And It was just a bad return performance, even though he didn't make any huge mistakes to change the game in terms of anything happening. Like PD mentioned, there were three turnover-worthy plays, three interceptions that should have happened that didn't happen because he simply got lucky. The only thing I could say was a positive out of this game was he did a much better job in the pocket in this one, I think. He was instructed to come out and play a little bit more carefully, and he really wasn't taking sacks. He didn't really he wasn't really under pressure either and that's cuz he was making very quick decisions but it almost became too conservative to the point where it was holding him back and not only was he conservative he was missing throws too and that combination just led to a bad performance. 
All right, let's look a little bit more positively because the next one, absolute domination. Um, Tua was incredible in this game. Um, he was throwing strikes left and right, barely missed a pass. Um, if there was an incompletion, it was probably a drop or a throwaway. Um, just a really insane game. He was aggressive, pushing the ball down the field, like I mentioned. Um, took a couple sacks, but that's really the only blemish from it being nearly a perfect game. Um, ridiculous performance from the offense overall, and Tua was very much at, at the forefront of it, throwing with anticipation, putting the ball into tight windows when necessary, hitting his receivers in stride. Um, really, really, really incredible. One of the better games I saw all season from a quarterback. Yeah, got to agree with a lot of what you said there because this is the Tua that absolutely proved me wrong, like I was saying at the start of the episode, from what I thought of Tua coming into this year because I did not think this version of Tua existed and he came out and showed what he could do after especially a couple of you know poor performances surrounding the injury. I know this felt good for him coming against a team like the Lions who's Obviously isn't the best defensively. His team was able to expose a lot of holes in that defense, but Tua definitely did his thing. He was extremely accurate, like PD mentioned, unless it was a miscue or something of that nature. He really didn't miss any throws in this one. And he absolutely destroyed this defense in every facet of the field. Whether it was going deep to Tyree Kill for 40-plus yard passes, he was hitting those on target. If it was, you know, over the middle of the field to Giseki, 10, 20 yards, he was hitting him in stride. He was hitting Waddle short in the middle everywhere. Waddle had a couple of great touchdowns too, which was beautiful deliveries by Tua just overall. And even in this game, he was spreading the ball because of how much they were dominating. He was able to get it to his other guys that were not Hill and Waddle, which this offense normally doesn't even do. Uh, and usually this Dolphins run game was pretty atrocious this entire year. But in this game, even that was going for him. So you finally got to see a little bit of the Tua play action game. And in that, he seemed lethal. I hope the Dolphins after they've kind of made a little bit of addresses to the RB room, they can kind of tap into that this year because they really did not, you know, have a good run game last year. And I feel like two was very good off the play action in this one. Uh, honestly, a masterclass of a quarterback performance. I can't give any downsides to him because he didn't have any interceptable plays. He didn't fumble. Even the sacks he took, I really did not think were his fault too much. I think he played as good of a game he could. And this was when I was like, okay, Tua for MVP could happen because he put up a really good performance in this one. Yeah, and he stays hot in the next one as well. So Afonbu is keeping this one from being in another elite game. But, man, the throws that he was making were really incredible. He has specifically this one that I want to highlight to Tyreek Hill. It's kind of this corner route, and he throws it so early that Tyreek, like he hasn't even like started to make his break uh, on the corner route let alone made his break. So um, it was it was a really incredible throw. Uh, great game. Only put the ball in harm's way once like for that fumble, like I mentioned. It was pretty aggressive pushing the ball in intermediate areas of the field and made some really impressive tight window throws down the field. Um, no sacks in this one. Just really, really strong performance. Um, almost elite. Just that fumble is holding me back from saying it's elite. Well, I'll go ahead and say it's elite because I also agree that fumble was a problem, but I think what he did in the rest of the game to uplift his team was so good that it just outshines it enough for me. 
and I just think this game was once again incredible. He keeps that this a streak going of having very good performances once again, and I think just like last week, he was very, very accurate. He did a great job of getting the ball to his players with good ball placement and whatnot, get, hitting them in stride. I think in this one, he wasn't as aggressive in hitting people downfield. He still did once or twice to Tyree Kill, but it wasn't really a important aspect of his game in this one. And I think this is the more, you know, normal version of Tua you're going to see. You're not going to be able to see Tua make those massive explosive plays week in, week out. But that's why I stress for quarterbacks like Tua to get so good at the intermediate range of the field because he's so accurate, his anticipation so incredible that unlike the that play you highlighted on those short, quick routes, it's almost unguardable when Tua's able to just throw it even when the receiver doesn't know the ball is in the air. Then the cornerback's definitely not going to know and the ball just gets to the receiver's hands in just perfect timing. And when, you ha- when you're when you not going deep, that arm strength doesn't matter. He can still deliver that ball with enough accuracy to where, or with the enough velocity to where the defense can't collapse on it in time. And that's why I really like this game. He just kept doing that consistently, even with the run game really, really struggling. It didn't really matter because they almost had their own virtual run game with Tua's short passing because he was able to just dump it off to guys like Sherfield, Sundrick Wilson, pick a, a couple of yards here and there, even like Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill had a couple of plays. So they were able to just chunk and nickel and dime their way downfield every drive and score with uh, consistency. And that's why Tua's game was really good for me. All right, moving on to the next one. So this one I'm going to put in the elite category, this one against the Browns at home and he was incredible in terms of his accuracy he took no sacks um, pushed the ball down the field when he needed to he was really accurate on those chances um, if he was throwing an incompletion it was probably some sort of throwaway or miscommunication type of thing um, was quick getting rid of the ball um, just just an incredible game again extremely clean and was successful on the chances that he did take downfield so very very impressive performance overall yeah, this was probably one of his cleanest performances all year. And I'll ag- agree that this was a continuation of the stretch of games where he absolutely looked incredible, looked borderline MVP level. He was insane. And his accuracy in this one was what impressed me the most. Because I feel like despite those other two games having more explosive plays, more highlight-worthy film, I feel like this game was where he really honed in on the accuracy. And it didn't seem like a Browns defender had any chance at even coming close to getting to a ball. There wasn't even a ball that crossed my mind that could be interceptable because of how accurate he was. And he was just throwing guys open all over the place. And the most impressive part of this performance was neither of his elite weapons played elite he was just throwing it to everybody every single player on this team ate in this game getting a couple of catches here and there and to in this game it didn't matter what the matchup was it didn't matter who was going who I think we mentioned that Tua loves going to his favorable matchups and just giving his receivers a chance to catch the ball but in this one he didn't even have to do that he was just absolutely dissecting this defense finding whoever was open, getting it to them in open space. And I think part of the reason was, once again, this is one of the rare occurrences where Miami had a pretty solid rush game. I think that really opened up that Browns defense to the point where they were 
holes of space left and right in that defense. And Tua absolutely took advantage. So incredible performance. All right, moving on to the next one after the bye week uh, against Houston. I thought he played good in this one. Um, he put the ball in harm's way um, a couple times. And then at the end there, um, after what's his face, uh, Teron Armstead got injured, um, putting in uh, Austin Jackson at, at left tackle, or sorry, Robert Hunt at left tackle was very bad. He took uh, a number of sacks in quick succession before they pulled him out of the game. But um, yeah, I thought he generated a number of plays in the intermediate range, um, was a cu- was successful reasonably on some of the deep shots that he took. Um, and so, yeah, he, he played a good game overall, despite me thinking that um, he was responsible for putting the ball in harm's way here. Yeah, I agree. This was definitely a clear step down from the other past three performances. And it was a little pecu- peculiar considering it was the Texans defense, which I thought was by far the worst in the league. Almost every other quarterback had dominant performances versus them, and they were starting Kyle Allen as well. So just overall poor team that they had fielded. And the Dolphins came out and struggled in this little bit. Not only Tua, but it felt like that whole offense started off a little sluggish. Or not really started off a little sluggish, sorry. They kind of ended a little sluggish, ended a little wacky. And I'm not sure what caused that to happen. Obviously, the Toronto Armstead injury was there. But that wasn't until later in the game. I think they kind of got out of sync, maybe even got comfortable a little bit. And I think Tua, for that reason, was a little bit worse. His accuracy wasn't quite on point because I don't think it needed to be. Uh, and it, it was just a little bit worse. And I think those sacks obviously weren't his fault for the most part. So I'm not going to blame him too much. I also agree that he had a couple of pretty big mistakes on that turnover-worthy plays that, honestly, if those picks did happen, uh, this game could have been completely different. I could have seen uh, this Texans team coming back and winning, which is not a good sign for a very talented Dolphins team. Uh, But regardless of that, I still think Tua did a good job of being aggressive. Like I said with Tua earlier, aggressive Tua is what you need for so. The, uh, this Dolphins offense to be successful and he was that he was attacking deep with guys like Waddle Hill even guys like Sherfield and River Crackraft got pretty uh, deep passes in this one he was attacking the intermediate range as well and once again he continued from last week where he was doing a good job of spreading the ball out he wasn't really focused on getting it to a certain matchup or whatnot which is what he does best but he was just finding the holes in this Texans defense, which obviously has plenty of holes. And he was just absolutely exposing it. He was getting his players open in space. There's a lot of like crossing type of routes in this game, I feel like. And well, most of these Dolphins games uh, for that matter. And he was just hitting people left and right and getting solid yardage just a couple of misses here and there, and those mistakes downgrade his game for me a bit to just be a good performance rather than elite, but still something you'll definitely take. All right, let's talk about the next game. So yep. against San Francisco, um, so he has two interceptions. I didn't think either of them were his fault, but he does have an ugly fumble later on in the game. He makes a really nice throw to Tyree Kill for a deep touchdown. Um, but he looked, he just looked really flustered. Um, the Toronto Armstead injury obviously bothering the offensive line, uh, and he wasn't able to generate explosive under pressure really at all. Um, and the fact that he was under, I, I wouldn't say like under pressure in the sense that he was constantly getting hit or, or something, but the congestion of the pocket really seemed to bother him. 
is as that he couldn't step up really. Um, he couldn't really uh, throw over the line of scrimmage because he's not uh, that big. So that kind of bothered him, put the Dolphins offense really out of whack. Um, he makes a couple of nice throws here and there. But for me, it would probably end up as a below average performance because of how, how little he was able to generate um, in rhythm of the offense. Well, flustered was absolutely the word to describe to one this one because he definitely looked like a deer in headlights in this one. And I think I'm going to be harsher on Tua in this game than you are. Uh, and maybe it will come off as slightly biased because I am a Niners fan, but I think they absolutely dominated him. I think that Teron Armstead injury obviously came at the worst time possible because, as we all know, that Niners front seven was one of the most lethal in the league last year. And when you don't really have a feasible offensive line in front of you, that's tough to go up against. But this Niners team did lose Jimmy Garoppolo very early on and kind of steamrolled through it like it was nothing. And it seemed like Tua was going to come out and dominate because one of the first plays of the game was an absolute strike down the middle of the field to Trent Sherfield that he ended up running for a 75-yard touchdown. And I think that honestly inflates his stats a little bit more than it ended up being the rest of the game. Because the rest of the game, I thought he was atrocious. His accuracy was terrible pretty much the entire game, I felt like. Compared to his previous games, he was missing people left and right. There are plenty of drives that were killed because Tua just missed his guy. I hadn't seen anything like it. It was really weird to see almost as if the game or the defense had gotten to him a bit because his mechanics looked off. There were wide open people he was missing. And I think that in those interceptions, you were saying that it wasn't fully his fault. I do think that Warner interception was not really his fault because it was kind of tipped and uh, in Warner's hands. But I will say that Lenore interception he had, I felt like was completely his fault. He was trying to attack a matchup and it really didn't go his way. He threw it to the defense pretty much, and I feel like that's the issue there. And one person who really did, he did a great job of abusing this Niners defense with <coughs> was Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was pretty much unguardable in this game, and uh, he was able to attack deep with him, hit him in the middle of the field, hit him low. But aside from that, he was pretty bad throwing it to anyone else on the field. Jalen Waddle was absolutely quiet because Tua couldn't find him what what whatsoever. And even under pressure, Tua just looked flustered all game. They're allowing him to just get off his mark. And when you want an elite level quarterback, no matter how good the defense is, no matter what the situation is, I kind of want you to not get pushed off of your game, pushed off of, you know, the type of way Tua plays not really get flustered, keep mechanics, and Tua just simply did not keep his cool. And that's why this is a really, really bad performance, in my opinion, and especially in a highly anticipated matchup where he was supposed to come out and play. Aside from that very first play in the game and one strike late in the game where it was kind of already over in garbage time, he really did nothing all game. If you take away those that big Sherfield play and the big Tyree kill play, which both kind of happened on broken down plays with the defense kind of messing up Tua had a pretty terrible performance and I I just wasn't a huge fan all right moving on to the next one so this one really bizarre to watch um Tua not completing 
any passes, basically. Um, he completes a couple towards the end in the second half. Um, does make a nice throw to Tyreek Hill for a deep touchdown. Um, and I don't know, just he put the ball in harm's way for a dropped interception early in the game. And there, there was just like, there was just no one open. And Tua was not stuffing the ball into tight windows like he has shown the ability to do in the past. So I wasn't really sure um, if it was more of a Tua thing. I know that the Chargers defensive scheme was really incredible. They uh, played press against the Dolphins for the first time. Um, the Dolphins were kind of used to defenses being scared of, of them being burnt deep. Uh, but playing press with, with coverage over the top um, really seemed to bother Waddle and Hill um, because they're not really like the, the biggest guys. They're not like 6'4", 250 or something like that. Um, so, yeah, interesting to see the, the Miami Dolphins offense shut down like this. But obviously Tua could not possibly have had a good game um, with the absolute lack of rhythm uh, from the defense or from the offense overall. Um, and yeah, I, I can't really say much positive about it in general. Yeah, this game was hilarious to me because aside from what happened on the field for the entire week coming into this game, there were so many agendas trying to be pushed in this game because the Tua Herbert debate had been going viral all week long. People were calling Herbert the social media quarterback or whatever, and Tua was supposed to be the guy to take him down in this game, and that's why it was so hyped. This, I think, got flexed into a, a primetime game. So it was just a lot of hype surrounded this game, and except for the Niners game, this Dolphins team had, had been pretty hot, and when you lose to the Niners, it's obviously not the biggest in the world because obviously they're one of the best teams in the league. So this was a very, very hyped-up matchup, and Tua absolutely stunk up the bed. And I have to say, just like PD was saying, it felt like he didn't complete anything all game long. I'm not really sure what happened in this one, because <clears throat> once again, he came in looking very, very flustered. And early on in the game, he was missing throws left and right. Easy throws that he would normally make, even more so than the Niners game the previous week. It was easy, open throws right over the middle of the field, you know, not too far downfield where his receiver was wide open. He was missing. His completion percentage is atrocious, and I really think it should be even worse in this one. And the Chargers honestly weren't even getting home with the pass rush. They didn't pressure him a whole lot. He did take two sacks, which I do think both were his fault, but. In general, he wasn't pressured for most of this game, and he was still just missing people all over the place. He wasn't able to set up a connection with pretty much any of his receivers, aside from one 60-yard pass that really inflated Tua's numbers. Nothing happened all game. He was just missing, and there's really no other way I can put it. I, I, I can't. There's not, not much more to work off of because... Aside from one kind of, I'd honestly argue, lucky touchdown, deep play, nothing much was happening in this one. This was my worst performance from him, uh, in my opinion. And I think this performance is why I have Tua as low as he is, because I think there's a clear counter for him that was kind of established in the last week with the Niners and the Chargers were able to replicate it with a much, much worse defense. And I'll get into it more 
when we get into, you know, Tua as a whole. But PD kind of mentioned it. You saw when you really press up on guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who like to quickly get separation, quickly get space and just get the ball. And you really cut off that middle of the field because you're putting more, stacking that middle of the field with your linebackers, with your safeties. You're not really letting those crossing type of routes happen. And you really force Tua to attack the sidelines. You see that with his lack of arm strength and lack of physical ability to do make certain throws, it really limits that Dolphins offense. It really limits what Tua can do as a quarterback. Because when you have a defense as poor as the Chargers, who are able to absolutely shut out Tua with a pretty simple defensive scheme, I think that's a huge problem. And to me, that's why this game was really bad. Not only was he bad in this one, it kind of set up a blueprint long-term on how to stop him, which we have kind of yet to see the effects because his season was cut short, but we will see see next year. All right. Um, Moving on to the next one against Buffalo. So the weather in this game, really ugly. Um, I have to mention it before we we talk about it. I will mention it again when we talk about Josh Allen. Um, But yeah, Tua, I thought for for the weather conditions was okay. Um, He put the ball in harm's way a couple of times, um, but he does make up for it with a couple of nice intermediate passes here and there. Um, And yeah, generally, I thought he did an okay job um, dealing with pressure in this game. Just kind of a weird up and down game. Um, where it was definitely a struggle for the Dolphins to get into consistent rhythm. But yeah, I think Tua made the most of what he had uh, in terms of conditions and uh, played like an okay-ish game. Yeah, I'll agree that this was just a solid okay performance given the circumstances. I think of these last few games, this was probably his best performance. Uh, One of the only performances where we kind of saw that three-game stretch Tua where he was incredible we saw flashes of him in this game uh his accuracy did drop once again in this one compared to those games where he was very very accurate but I do think that was in part to the conditions that made it incredibly tough to throw uh I think there was a lot of wind as well and that swayed his ball a little bit so I'll say I'll give that as the excuse for why his accuracy was a little bit off but in general it wasn't terrible so I'm not even going to take away too much from him he didn't really put the ball in harm's way I'd say he did have one fumble which was I think pretty bad and kind of was not costly but kind of ruined their rhythm so that definitely hurt him in my opinion and he seemed to be under pressure quite a bit in this game compared to his other games. It seemed like he had kind of got something going with his pocket awareness or like a way he is able to work in the pocket without getting too flustered. And it seemed like in this one, he once again succumbed to the pressure. So that was a bit of an issue to me. But he finally got back to being able to not only attack downfield, but intermediate also. The big pass to Jalen Waddle was huge for him, and honestly, I feel like kind of picked up his confidence and got him going for the rest of this game to where he still he ended up having a solid performance. He just kind of got outshone by Josh Allen, who obviously we'll talk about later. I thought he was really good, and I think considering conditions, if your opponent is playing really well, I expect you to not match him, obviously, but like I'm not going to give it him as big of an excuse if in the very same game we saw a really, really good performance. So that's why to me this was just okay because there are some excuses to kind of show why he dropped a bit, but there was still a drop. 
Yeah, I think we need to be nicer there because I think Josh Allen is the best bad weather quarterback in the league and probably yeah, one of the best ever. So, like, let's let's be a little nicer with Tua in comparison um, and be extremely nice to Josh Allen when he comes up. But, um, right. all right, let's move on to Week 16. So, this is the last game of Tua's season. Um, plays this game with a concussion. Um, the Dolphins' doctors did not take him out, and you could see the meltdown happening in real time. Um, gets concussed in the first half, and he was playing really, really well um, in that first half before um, his concussion. He gets the concussion, immediately starts chucking picks left and right, putting the ball in harm's way a total of four times um, in the second half, plus an ugly fumble. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know what to say here. I don't really want to take this one at face value uh, because there's clearly some messed up stuff going on behind the scenes. But um, yeah, poor performance overall. If you just want to look at it from a football standpoint. Yeah, uh, and I'll agree with that last point and pretty much with all of what you said, because I also can't really sit here and say, oh, my God, Tua's second half was terrible and he was a terrible quarterback, whatnot, because I know in the back of my mind he was clearly injured. He clearly wasn't right in the head at this point and should have been taken out. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. It's tough because that is what he produced on the field. We can't really know what's going on behind the scenes, know when he is 100%, know when he's not. But I think anyone with a brain could see that he was not right in that second half. And I'll agree, he came out in that first half firing. This was probably one of the best performances he had had uh, coming into the game in a very long time. I think that 84-yard touchdown pass he had to Jalen Waddle was beautiful. And even though Jalen Waddle, I'd say, probably was the biggest proponent in that touchdown play happening, Tua still delivered it on the money. And he still came up with a couple of other drives, which are very, very good. In general, his accuracy was solid at that point, and he was able to attack all facets of the field. He was getting doing what he does best, which is attacking that Jalen Waddle and attacking the Tyree Kill matchup. And they were absolutely cooking their guys. And Tua was abusing those matchups. And then the second half came around, and like PD mentioned, he was throwing picks left and right. Three really, really bad picks. If you look at it purely from a football standpoint, those are probably his three worst picks of the season. He fumbled twice in this one once, and one of them was really, really bad. He went away from you know, attacking those matchups, really, and kind of just throwing it to whoever, wherever. So I don't know how to feel about this matchup because he was bad, objectively. Like, I'm not going to take away the fact that he was terrible in this one, but I'm also not going to hold that against him too much because, I mean, I have no clue where his head was at. All right, let's speed run through Mike White and Skylar Thompson's games last year. So uh, Mike White um, had a had a really nice game against Chicago, uh, was very, very conservative in general because of the coaching staff, but um, very accurate in this game. Um, his receivers did a lot of work for him, but I thought he was very, very careful with the football, made a couple of nice intermediate throws when he needed to. Um, and then against Minnesota and Buffalo, he was a little bit more average, putting the ball in harm's way, some not as accurate. Um, they asked him to do a little bit more on offense, and he looked kind of mediocre. Um, and then in the final game against uh, Seattle, where he got a lot of volume, he was atrocious, just horrible, putting the ball in harm's way four times. Um, dealt with some drops, which are going to hurt his completion percentage, but like he did not look good at all in, in, in that last game. 
Yeah, Mike White's one of those quarterbacks where you don't really have a lot of film on him, and he comes in and plays with a lot of confidence and swagger. So he is going to have a couple of good games starting out, but then when teams realize what he does and what he does isn't exactly world-changing and isn't exactly going to be consistent offense and they're able to cut out the main parts of his game, things go bad for him. And he's one of those rare quarterbacks where earlier on it's better for him rather than later on in his playing time. Because he came out in the Chicago game, and yeah, even though he was quite conservative, wasn't asked to do much, I thought he played very, very well. And he was kind of just going with the flow of the system. He was very accurate. He was still attacking all facets of the field and still, you know, getting a lot of chunk plays. Uh, Three pretty Im- impressive touchdowns. Didn't really face too much pressure. I honestly think he dominated in that one. And even though it didn't look the pretty- prettiest, he got the job done. But in the next three games, you see exactly why that's not something he can do consistently. Because both... In, in, in all three of the next games, he put the ball in harm's way multiple times. I'd say two each in those Minnesota and Seattle games and one more in the Buffalo games, I felt like, which really could have swung that game. But luckily, he got a pick dropped. But they saw that he clearly had limitations in his game. His arm strength is not the best. He's ultra aggressive all, to a fault. And if you sit on those a little bit, you are going to end up getting uh interceptions he's not nearly as accurate as you would have thought having seen that bears game because i i don't know what he had that morning because he was a lot more accurate than in that one he's not really going to get you those big explosive uh plays that kind of dig you out of the mistakes he makes he just kind of has that factor that a kind of a guy like taylor heineke has or some someone like that where he kind of just wills himself to make some good plays, even though he's there's no particular part of his game that stands out or makes him really good. He kind of just wills his way to, you know, just being average to slightly below average. And that's what he did, I'd say, this entire four-game stretch. Yeah, I would describe him as, like, inconsistently accurate. Like, in certain games, he would he can, like, put together a really, really accurate performance that can lead him to right. high impact because accuracy is a really, 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 really big driver of impact. Um, but yeah, just could really, really like not there in terms of athleticism, in terms of arm talent and his feel for the game in terms of like when he's under pressure, it, it's very, very, very poor. Um, so let's talk about Skylar Thompson really quickly. Um, he had like, I guess a somewhat okay game when he replaced Tua and Teddy in uh, week five against the Jets kind of did what he could, but, um, it's never going to be good when he's, when he's the way he is. Um, running himself into a lot of pressure, um, just not able to do some of the things he was able to in college with his athletic tools being a lot worse relative to the NFL than they were in college. Um, and then looking at his final three games um, in week 17 through the wild card, some some pretty up and down stuff. Um, in week 17 and the wild card, just really, really poor performance in terms of accuracy and putting the ball in harm's way, just like like very, very poor control of the game. Um, just you could really, really see wh- why they needed Tua, because uh, Tua's aggression at le- actually gets some results versus Skylar Thompson not really getting much in these two games. Um, and then against the Jets, he was pretty solid. Um, his accuracy was a lot better in this game, but he was still like uh, he, he just takes too much pressure. Like he he runs himself into into pressure quite a lot and doesn't have a good sense for 
how to handle rush rushers um, before the snap. So um, Skylar Thompson, intriguing third stringer, but I don't really see much more than that. Yeah, when you say he ended his season with a lot of ups and downs, I think that's being generous because I feel like there were a lot more downs than ups. But with that being said, uh, I think he's a very clear third stringer because it's very clear that his athletic ability is not up to NFL standard. Uh, He also has a clear, clear lack of accuracy compared to most NFL quarterbacks. Uh, I think that's definitely a big issue because anytime he was asked to throw the ball pretty much more than 20 yards down the field, the accuracy issues really showed. Uh, He doesn't put the ball in harm's way as much as you would expect him to, but he still will make that one or two mistakes in general that hold, hold him back as a whole. And I guess going into his game, so I also thought that Jets game was not the worst in the world considering, you know, he wasn't expected to come into that game and start. Uh, he put up a solid performance accuracy-wise uh, considering what he was or who he is, but I think that mistake he made was pretty costly. I think the fact that he literally couldn't throw the ball past 10 yards downfield without something going wrong really held that team back as an offense, and I think as okay as he was accuracy-wise, it's because he was just being held back by the team, not asked to do too much. And in that Patriots game, I think it was more of the same. Sure, I guess he was cool accuracy-wise, but when you're throwing for 100 yards or just over 100 yards and 20 pass attempts, there's a reason why you're accurate because you're just not throwing the ball anywhere. And once again, he threw an interception that was pretty costly, and honestly, I'd say cost him the game in that one. And once again, in that Jets performance, he was pretty, pretty, you know, conservative, pretty lackluster uh, outside of just being, I guess, accurate on short passes. But that's why, once again, there wasn't really a huge scoring performance in this one. And even that, they it was no real touchdowns that happened in that game. Uh, just uh, not really uh, impressive with that performance as well. And that Buffalo performance, I think most people saw with it being a playoff game, and he just looked absolutely out of his depth. I mean, accuracy was atrocious. His play was just carried by his or his yardage amount was carried by a couple of good breakout plays made by his weapons. The only reason that was close was because of how good and effective that defense was and the amount of mistakes Josh Allen made. Overall, just not the best season, but I guess he put in a couple of good shifts considering he was a third stringer just thrown in there. All right, let's talk about the juicy stuff with the team and scheme. So um, Tua with with Mike McDaniel, it's just a match made in heaven because Mike McDaniel, I think, is one of the very best play callers in the league already. Um, Based on just one year in the league, I feel very, very confident saying that he can adapt to a bunch of different situations and is incredible at building a scheme that'll let his players thrive in the regular season. Um, And then looking at the receiving core um, and the offensive line. So Hill and Waddle, obviously one of the very best duos in the league. Um, I think their ability to work over the middle of the field on these types of crossing routes, glance routes type of thing. um, They can really, really help Tua um, where he's, he's excellent throwing in the intermediate middle part of the field. And those guys are really, really good at running routes in, in that area. Um, and when they get steps on their defenders, they are burning for touchdowns. So a great fit there. I also like Cedric Wilson. 
and even some of the depth pieces uh, with River Craycraft and Braxton Berrios, I think they fit really well in this like movement heavy type of scheme. Um, they lose Mike Kosicki, but I think Mike Kosicki was a little bit more of a vertical type threat, which this offense isn't really the best fit for. But um, someone like Durham Smythe or Tyler Croft, both of them work on like these underneath flat routes off play action and RPOs really well. Um, and then Alec Ingold's involvement is pretty um, similar to that of like a tight end in, in certain offenses where he'll run like some flat routes and, and stuff like that. Um, so intriguing piece there as well. The thing that's holding me back from saying that this offense could compete for a number one spot when Tua is healthy is that their offensive line is still a major question mark. Uh, Teron Armstead is a good player, but everyone else other than maybe Connor Williams, um, Robert Hunt is kind of okay-ish. Um, I think that everyone there um, needs to take a step up if we are to consider this offensive line to be good. Um, Teron Armstead can't just do everything on his own. And beyond that fact, he's also constantly injured. So um, it's tough to say that they'll have a strong offensive line without um, really, really great development. Uh, Also, they have Robbie Chosen, um, also known as Robbie Anderson, which they signed uh, (laughs) recently. Um, I don't think he's a good player anymore, but um, let's see if Mike Mike McDaniel can revive his career. Um, And then in terms of, the fit of Mike White and Skylar Thompson with with this team. Uh, Skylar Thompson just gonna kind of do things out there. He's not gonna really adhere to the structure of the offense. So I guess having Tyreek Hill, um, just say Tyreek Hill's out there somewhere uh, for Skylar Thompson. That's that's an interesting fit. Um, and then Mike White, I actually do like his fit in this offense. I think he is able to execute a short passing game, which they could maybe go to. Um, Hill and Waddle are very very good on screens and kind of crossing routes underneath. Um, I could see them working off of that. Um, It would take a huge, huge uh, part of their offense off the table if Tua is injured because Mike White really does not play with the same feel and anticipation that Tua does, but um, they might be able to piece together something if if Mike White is in there. Yeah, I'm also kind of on the same boat where certain things about this Dolphins team absolutely work perfectly with Tua and certain things not really I'm I'm not the biggest fan and I think the biggest thing I'll agree with you completely that fit with Mike McDaniels I think he took the perfect coaching opportunity because it's really a match made in heaven with Tua because he brought in this west coast style offense with a lot of slants a lot of crossers uh a lot of plays that go east and west to where oh you don't really throw the ball downfield but that anticipation and accuracy that Tua is obviously so good at when you're confusing the defense and throwing so many receivers going in every direction, one guy is going to end up being open. And when you have a guy like Tua who can process that, see the guy that's open and hit it to him on the money with preciseness, even throw it a couple seconds before it develops, he sees that happen and... I think Mike McDaniels just did a great job of scheming that for Tua because I don't even think he's like the typical uh, West Coast offense style type of quarterback, like maybe even a Jimmy G or that sort of quarterback, because I do think he has a little bit more talent or a little bit more ability than your typical Mac Jones, Jimmy G, those sort of quarterbacks. And Mike McDaniel has kind of made a little bit of a modified West Coast style offense where they do still attack deep. I mean, you do see plays like where you have Tyreek Hill on a deep post where Tua just sits back in the pocket and just delivers it. And I think 
because Tua is a quarterback that can do that, but just not consistently whatsoever. But we saw both at Bama, even in his last year in Miami. That's something he can do. And when you throw so many things at a defense, they really can't predict what's going on. And I think that's why Tua is a perfect fit in that system because he can break down the defense in the right way and know when to go deep, when to go short. And he's just a great got great level of controlling his, his aggressiveness in that regard. So I think that's a great fit. I think a terrible fit is that running back room. One very key part of this West Coast Coastal offense, and that's always going to hold this Miami Dolphins offense back, in my opinion, is the run game. That's kind of very key because that's what messes with the linebackers. As much as you want to go east and west with all these different types of routes, if you have linebackers sitting on those routes because they don't fear the run game, that's going to really hold you back, especially a guy like Tua who doesn't have the arm strength to go to the sideline all the time. He really needs those over-the-middle part of the offense to be open to succeed. And when you have a running back room that honestly could all be twos in any other system or even threes, uh, and you just don't have any playmaker there, you don't really put any fear in the defense to have that. And that's when you have those games like that Niners game or that uh, Chargers game where you just cut off the middle of the field, really press his receivers, and then boom, Tua has nowhere to go because he does have clear limitations trying to attack the sideline. Uh, but in, in terms of this receiver core, I think this receiver core fits perfectly with Tua. And granted, I mean, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. That receiver core is arguably the best in the league. It will fit with all virtually anybody. But I do think they fit with Tua because obviously they're both very fast guys, both guys that can get a lot of separation very quickly, both guys great after the catch and making people miss and stuff like that and can still go deep on occasion, which we saw both of them do plenty of times and both of them torch defenses for uh, deep touchdowns all year. And I think that duo fit in this West Coast style offense, which I just talked about, they're both running routes that they're very comfortable with, very familiar with, both giving Tua the best opportunity to succeed. And I think picking up guys like Cedric Wilson, Braxton Berrios, who are also those that similar kind of mold is good for their depth, as well as keeping retaining a guy like River Crackraft, who's in the same boat. Uh, Robbie Anderson or Robbie Chosen, whatever you want to call him, uh, is also a similar type of receiver, I guess. I also think he's kind of washed, but, you know, he's – deep in their rotation anyways so what doesn't really matter uh I do agree that Mike Gisicki wasn't really the best fit for this offense I think he kind of got phased out of the offense last year uh and really didn't get used as much as he should have because I do think he's a very talented tight end uh but I think the issue is they didn't bring in a tight end who does fit with Tua and I do think there's a lot of guys who do fit in this kind of west coast scheme uh, and I don't think they have a playmaker there, really. And I think a guy like Tua, who really wants to go short a lot of the time and doesn't have the arm strength to always beat you over the top, you want a reliable tight end down low. And they don't have that, and I think that's the issue. And I'll second you on the offensive line issues. I think that's a very, very, very big concern. Teron Armstead's the only offensive lineman in that unit who 
is of any worth. And in at this time, over the last couple of years, and in his age, with the amount of injuries he's had, even he's not necessarily the most reliable guy. I think guys like Hunt or Austin Jackson, Connor Williams are pretty damn bad. And I really would not want them starting in front of a very injury-prone guy like Tua. So aside from the coach and receiver core, I do think there's a lot of holes in this offense in terms of fitting around Tua. All right, let's get to the juiciest stuff of all, um, which is the outcome projections for this year. So um, in terms of Tua, um, I think that when he plays, he's going to be a Pro Bowl-level quarterback. Think like quarterback seven to eight. Um, he's still a young player and I want to give him credit for development. Um, just the thing is like, I think that he has residual health issues even when he's on the field. Um, so without even knocking him down for games missed, I think he plays through a lot of injuries as well. So, um, that's going to knock him down from quarterback seven to eight for me to quarterback 11 to 12. Um, and that's, I think that's what I ended up with in, in the rankings list that I sent you. Um, but yeah, I think when he's fully healthy, he is deserving of a Pro Bowl spot. Um, and I, I can only hope that he's developed um, some better injury management. They've been talking about him doing martial arts and stuff. So hopefully that, that does do something. Um, and then in, in terms of Mike White, Mike White I see as a pretty solid backup, one of the better backups in the league, um, definitely above average for me in terms of in terms of the backup tier. Um, despite the fact that he's not really like a strong field or um, uh, creation type of guy, um, I think his ability to just step in and, and just do something in terms of executing an offense, um, I think that's that makes him a very valuable piece for this this team when Tua inevitably does have some sort of injury and, and misses games. Um, and then in terms of Skylar Thompson, just like your normal third string guy, um, I am excited to see if he can develop. He is still a young player, only 26 years old. Um, so... Yeah, we'll see if he can develop um, some ability to kind of stick in the pocket a little bit more. Um, Mike White himself is kind of injury prone, so we might actually see, see Skylar Thompson again on the field. Um, so yeah, looking forward to see, seeing everyone in this quarterback room. They're all pretty intriguing guys. Yeah. One thing you brought up is that whole Tua martial arts thing. And I mean, him doing all that is cool and all, but when you get hit in the head to the point where you lose functionality of your fingers and get thrown out the next week, I don't know what martial arts is going to do to fix that. And I think that injury concern is huge. And looking back at my list, I am pretty high on Tua because I do add something with projection uh, of him to improve next year. And you see those like, couple games last year where he really really looked impressive but honestly I'm rethinking where I have him now just because of all the injury risk because I'm honestly forgetting all those under injuries he's had outside of his head which are also just piling up and when you have so many games missed I think that's just gonna be an issue with how much you can produce in general and on top of that we saw in multiple occasions last year, he had very, very clear limitations that even with a really good offenses or, or offense around him, defense were able to absolutely exploit. I think when you have a quarterback who simply can't just do normal quarterback plays when you're just throwing it to the back shoulder on the sideline or something of that sort, and every play has to be this like West Coast style type of, off, type of route where you're going across the field trying to find someone in space and whatnot. Yeah, that's very effective offense, but at the end of the day, where t 
teams are able to take that away to a certain extent, you need to be able to throw that curveball. And I did say that Tua kind of had that in his bag. He kind of has that deep ball that he can throw a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's not something that moves me to the point where I'm like, okay, Tua's versatile enough to where he can beat that sort of defense, where he can kind of against a very high, uh, really, or not high, very good pass rush, be a physical presence in the pocket, move around, play make, do that sort of thing to beat that uh, sort of coverage or attack the sideline or even attack deep consistently. I just don't see a facet of his game that he can go to when that typical quick slant RPO scheme, a lot of crossers, when that doesn't really go his way. And for that reason and the injury risk as well, I'm going to say his median tier outcome is going to be around like that just outside the top 10 range because, and I had him a little bit higher previously, but rethinking my evaluation on him, that's where I would have him. And in the higher range outcome, I really do think he is a pro bowl level caliber. I think he can get into that top seven, top eight, maybe even top six type of range because that's where he was playing at his peak because he does have elite anticipation. He does have elite accuracy. His ball placement's incredible. Every fundamental aspect of being a quarterback, I feel like he's got almost matched to a T except for maybe reading defenses and breaking them down because I do think there is scenarios where maybe he does have certain things that I just mentioned in his bag, but he doesn't have the processing ability to notice that the teams are countering what he's doing and go to something else. And I think if he develops that or if he's able to stay healthy a little more, I think he could jump into that Pro Bowl level tier at the top end. And I think the low end outcome for him honestly happens if injuries really pile up. I don't see him falling furthermore from that because I do think he's a very, very talented quarterback. But I do think in low end outcome, he can be a average to below average quarterback in the 15 to 17 range. I think injuries and certain things like that could render him a Mac Jones type of quarterback, which I mean, I'm not trying to use Mac Jones as an insult, but he is a clear step below a guy like Tua for me. And I think if Tua got injured a whole lot, he could end up as a Mac Jones. All right. I didn't talk about my high end and low end outcomes uh, very much. So um, in terms of high end 75th percentile outcomes for Tua, uh, I could see him getting into like that QB six, five type of range. Um, if things really go well, continues to develop his processing to where um, he's able to recognize coverages and stuff like that before the snap a little bit better. Um, I think that he could he could take a serious leap um, into the fringe elite range. And then 100 percentile outcomes like he's never injured. Um, his accuracy is absolute nails. Does better throwing it like behind the line of scrimmage. Um, he had a randomly weird year. Um, so if that comes back, like you could see him like push for MVP. I truly do believe that like what we saw last year, I don't think it's entirely a fluke. And if, and if what we saw in that like middle stretch run, uh, it looks like what, what we see this year, like that is, that is a really, really great qu- quarterback. Um, but the lower end outcomes are, are pretty low. I think, um, uh, because of the injury stuff that I discussed, the 25th percentile outcome, I think is like something like quarterback 13 to 15. Um, I think that, or even when he does play fully healthy. Um, I think that if, if what we saw towards the end of the year is, is more of what we uh, get from this year, it's going to look pretty ugly. Um, 
it, it's tough to know how much of that is him playing through injury and how much of it isn't. Um, but I think there's obviously an issue with him pushing the ball outside the numbers in tight windows. Um, he has to either counter that with exceptional all-time great anticipation or, or just add some weight and get a stronger arm. Um, and then the zeroth percentile outcome, you're looking at something like quarterback 20 or something like that for me, um, where a little stretch run that we saw was a little bit of a fluke and we just kind of get the guy that we saw in, in years prior, but um, improved physically and, and some some parts mentally. Um, and then Mike White, I think he's just confined to, to a backup. I think at his best, he's more like a high-end backup for him starter and the low end, he's like um, a lower-end backup. And then Skyler Thompson, just third stringer. That's all he is. Yeah, and with that being said, I'll get into my Mike White and Skylar Thompson, uh, I guess, projections. I think I honestly think Mike White's probably on the higher end of quarterbacks. I think even though as a starter, he's not the best guy to have, I think Mike White's the kind of guy you can kind of plug and play in any offense, and he'll be able to put in a solid shift, which is what you really want out of a quarterback. And like you mentioned when we were going through the scheme, I think Mike White is the type of guy who can very much fit into this Dolphins offense because he is solid at completing passes in the short intermediate range. He is solid in accuracy in, in that aspect. And for that reason, he's going to be a high end uh, backup for me. I think in the low end outcome, he could fall to like a middle level uh, backup. And I think in the high end, if Tua gets injured more than expected, which is like three, four games and Mike White plays a lot, gets into a bit of a rhythm, uh, starts looking better. I could see him being a low-end type of starter. And Skylar Thompson, I don't see very much variance. I do think he is pretty good for a third stringer, uh, considering he has a lot of game experience and a lot of these other guys are like just late-round rookies just getting thrown in there, doing whatever they can. And for that, I think he's a high-end third string to maybe a bottom-end backup and medium-level outcome. I think if Mike White gets injured and he plays a little bit more, kind of like the same thing with Tua, he could kind of get into a rhythm, maybe become like a slightly below average backup rather than like a high and third string. I think at worst, if he gets any worse than he was last year, he could be like a mid to low level third stringer. All right. That'll be all from us for this one. Make sure to like, leave a rating, do what you need to do on whatever platform that you're listening on. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at PD34 underscore and Real Rahul Potty 2. Um, that'll be all for me. That'll be all for Potty. We will see you guys in the next one. Peace.